The following podcast is a Dear Media production. So retrograde. Wow. Here we are. Post dance break. Wow, I feel out of breath. Steph and I both are feeling a case of the lulls today. Mm-hmm. So we thought, why not groove our faces off uh, offbeat uh, to our theme song? You know what? In preparation of the show. I have to say the allergies today in Los Angeles are dry eyes, sinus <laughs> pressure. It's a real Ben Stein moment. <laughs> Hilarious. Groggy, disconnected feeling. Yeah, I fucking hate it. So I took Claritin D. Now you're you guys wired. know I'm addicted to the D. <laughs> and I'm just feeling all sorts of fucking weird. But Hilarious. I'm so happy to be here. Welcome to That's So Retrograde. Your intuition brought you here. What a beautiful thing. I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Simbari. And uh, we've got a show for you today, we've guys. We've got an amazing show We're today. We're very excited. Um, but before we get into that, why don't we announce some amazing events that we have coming up that you guys can come to? We're pretty stoked. We've got three lined up, more to come. Mm-hmm. Let's just kick it off with a July 20th at, where do you ask? Oh, the Kennedy Center. In Washington, D.C., we're taking this show on the road and we're going to the District of Comedy Comedy Festival. At the Kennedy Center. Wow. It's Did like, you catch that? I feel like I manifested this by watching the Robert Kennedy documentary on Netflix. Possibly. That could be it. <laughs> so uh, taking our live show to the people in D.C., tickets are $20. You can get them now. Uh, a link is on our website, our newly redesigned website. By Elizabeth, who is a multi-talented individual. Aww, thank you. And, um, then, and then after that, we'll be back in L.A. Not not a week later. July 26th. Mm-hmm. TSR Live at the Grove. Wow. This one's free, folks. It's going to be a picnic and a podcast. Amazing. At the Grove, on the 7 grass. 7 p.m. How fun. More to come on that, too. Manifesting and incredible guests and hopefully a gift bag. Most likely. Yeah. And then we've got August 1st. Wow. Where do you ask? What a week that's going to be. Dynasty Typewriter here in Los Angeles, our new favorite theater. We're real traveling troubadours. Truly. Uh, And we'll have Shannon Agonza on that show. That's the one where our guest is announced. And hopefully we will have... More fun surprises. Mm -hmm. We're so stoked. So again, head over to our, again, newly redesigned website. If she doesn't say so herself. I did say so, (laughs) and I will say so. Events tab... All the info, it's going to be updated as we have more stuff just took a sip of water and it poured down her face. I'm That's doing fine. Move. I'm doing fine. You can't do that. That's for me. <laughs> On today's show, we have author of Genius Foods, Max Lugavir. Yes. And cutie. Very cute. Love having male energy here on the show. We don't, don't get it, it enough. So he talks about omega-3s mm-hmm. and all the importance of that. Which is incredible because we actually have a partner for today's show. In an omega-3 supplement. Addicted to synchronicities, I tell you. So talk to us about Omax 3 Ultra Pure. Well, thank you for asking, Elizabeth. (laughs) Omax 3 Ultra Pure is the purest omega-3 supplement on the market. They are almost 94% pure omega-3 fatty acids, which is the purest concentration 
Um, they have a patented ratio of four to one specifically engineered for inflammation and joint pain, which I know I personally was experiencing much more than I do now after taking Omax for roughly a month. Ooh. I'm really, really enjoying so you're, it. You're experiencing less inflammation. I have like now. a sticky elbow. Okay. And I haven't had it. Ooh. I know. It's pretty Love exciting. To hear that. It really, it's really amazing. And also it improves your cognition, your memory, your focus. Uh, it's just like an all around great thing to put into your body. And you can try it for free. If you head over to try Omax, that's T-R-Y-O-M-A-X slash retrograde. Mm-hmm. You don't need a code. You just get the box. You know what I love about this? They know that it's going to help you so much that they're giving you a free box because you're going to want to come back for more. Exactly. And guys, added bonus to this whole conversation. If you're like, I don't like taking omega-3s because I burp and I smell like fish or something else weird. Not anymore. Not the case. Not with Omax 3 Ultra Pure because it's so pure. There's no weird lingering fishy aftertaste. So... So there you go. Come here for multiple benefits. (laughs) (laughs) Again, that's tryomax.com slash retrograde. Get a free box of Omax 3 Ultra Pure. And then if you do want to buy something, it's a 60-day money-back guarantee. So low effort. And may I mention, they also sell these compression socks that we're not sponsored to talk about, but they're fucking amazing. Love them (laughs) so much. Here for it. Check that out. Shall we Week in Wellness? Yes, let's do it. Give me a Week in Wellness, please. Sides and celebrities, better pop rules and home remedies where pop culture and wellness come together. Yeah. Ooh. That felt like it needs a yeah at the end. Mm-hmm. I really love that. So, week in wellness, what you got, friend? Well, um, what do I have, Elizabeth? Why don't you tell me? <laughs> this is what it's called. We're going to draw back the curtain for a second. This is what it's called. Not finding anything that we thought was worthy of talking about on the show for this segment. No, so. I'm so mad because I had one thing and I was like, that's Week in Wellness. It was like in a show that I was watching and now I can't. I didn't write it down. Yeah. And that's the only way to manage anything in my life is to write it down. And I now I'm just here with you thinking weekend wellness. Well, my feng shui project is almost finished. So that's we can talk about that. Can I just say that it is a revelation? Amen, sister. I mean, even just if you're not going to go all the shway, <laughs> would you say it's a retrolation? Yes, I would. I would say consider getting rid of half of your shit and then see how you and feel. And then check yourself, then check in with yourself after that. Because I didn't realize how heavy my space was making me. I would never have attributed any energetic feeling that I had to that specific thing, but like it's palpable for me. And I, and I want to be home. I want to spend time at home. Not that I didn't, but I did feel overwhelmed by how much shit I had. And I just didn't know what to do about it. And now I've like put everything in drawers. There's nothing on my kitchen countertops. It's just like, I feel like I was more excited about doing your house than I was about my own. 
You were? Yeah, it like gave me more joy. That's so fun. Why do you think that is? I don't know. It's, it's just easier when it's somebody else. I didn't have as much like attachment to the space. So I could just go in with like a clear yeah. view of like what needed to get done. And what was funny is I know that we've talked about this before, but you've been wanting to call in the feng shui experience for yourself. And then we're all like me, Megan and Elizabeth are all working at my house. And Megan's like, Elizabeth, do you like want to be my assistant? <laughs> she was like, I have a video of Elizabeth telling Megan how to hang the mirror. Like, <laughs> Like she just comes in and like bosses the fuck out. Well, because my mom being an artist has like such a specific way of and uh, efficient way of hanging things. Yeah. So I've just learned from her. And the trick is where you want the nail to go in, use your finger because the oils and the dirt that are on our hands shows up on the wall. So you press in with your finger and that's what marks the wall where the nail will go. That is a very, very good lady baby hack. Hey. Wow. That's what I'm here for. You and your apparently. fucking goddamn tan blazer. <laughs> Just laying down the law. Just laying it down. Well, we talked about getting rid of stuff. But yeah. Can we talk about things we're acquiring? Because I feel like that would be a good segue. I also feel like I'm giving myself permission to acquire new things that excite me after getting rid of half my shit. Yeah. Whereas before I had like guilt and shame about bringing new things into my life. Well, Megan, who's Megan Wallace James, who will be having on the show in July. We can't wait. You guys can send feng shui questions. We'll get to that in a little bit later. But... um. She talks about how your storage should only ever be half full mm. or at the very least. I mean, I know we all deal with having like limited space, but as never have your storage space be like at maximum capacity full because you're not providing room for more abundance to come in. I love that. And that just was a revelation in itself. And so now I just like look at all my space, like my desk drawer, for instance, like, no, I know myself, I'm always going to have like a messy desk drawer because I like to just shove things in there because I don't like things out. Mm -hmm. One of them is messy. The other is completely clear so that at the end of the work week, I take my, my notebook, whatever I'm working on, and I put it in the empty drawer. Nice. Ah. So you can have your apartment to your, to your, your luxury. Yes, no, your, that too. your, what's the word that I can't think of? non-stressy no you can have your apartment to your leisure time exactly when your office and your workspace or when your office and your sleep space are the same it's good to set the so true yeah so that's that wow i know actually you know what knowing that you had a dirty drawer was something that made me love you oh because you, so you were so just like Back in the day. Back in the day. You were just like so together. And I remember we were working together on something. And I opened up your drawer and I was like, oh, she's got a secret. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, she's just like me. Hilarious. <laughs> so what are you, what are you bringing into your space? Okay. So I just made an order on Thrive Market and I wanted to share because it's okay. a bevy of different things, but they all help my life. Oh, a bevy, is it? A bevy, is it? Great. So guys, I stopped taking probiotics for a little while, which was a weird call. I was not, my stomach was not loving me. Mm. Talked to Dr. Will Cole, former mm -hmm. guest. Mm -hmm. He's actually going to be on again talking about his ketogenic book that's coming out later in the summer. Dope. So I started taking an old fave, Dr. O'Hara's probiotics. They're normally $36.25, I think, on Amazon. Mm -hmm. Thrive, they're $24.49. Shut the How fuck up. How do you up. like those numbers, guys? Wow, that's amazing. So that alone just feels like... All day, I'll, I'll order stuff and put it in my house. <laughs> For <laughs> those sure, prices. yeah. What about you? What's my favorite part order? about Thrive is that after you order stuff, it tells you how much money you'll be saving over time. And you can also donate 
your savings to a family in need. Oh, wow. Which is also an awesome option. Yeah. Um, my order, well, I'm, I get into like habitual food right. things. Um, so what I've been doing is I've been buying like my immediate produce at the farmer's market on Sundays. And then on the Monday, I'll reassess of what other things I need to add to that purchase. Cause you can't get like, I don't want to really buy the bone broth from the farmer's market, even though I like it, it's really expensive. expensive. And I don't like to buy my salmon from the farmer's market because it's also really expensive. So then I buy like the proteins and stuff from Thrive. Um, so I just restocked on my canned salmon, my bone broth. I bought a bunch of different kind of chips for my dips. Siete, baby. And I bought Vitex Berry, which is a hormone. I take that. You do from Erica Chitty Cohen. Yeah. So we've both done consultations with Erica Chitty Cohen about our hormone health, and she recommended Vitex Berry, which is supposed to make your period more robust. Her words, not mine, but I'm into it. <laughs> Take it. Um, make it and your own. I'm really excited to give that a, a try. Also, from Erica Chitty Cohen's recommendation, um, the liquid chlorophyll to have in your water. I get the mint flavored Nature's Way Chlorofresh liquid chlorophyll, and I keep it in my fridge. Ooh, I wanna. Do you have any of that with you right now? I don't. Damn it! But um, <laughs> I highly recommend it. That's a good one as well. So cool. we're just like constantly finding life hacks via Thrive Market. And uh, I love that I was in Air One the other day, and some boy was online with me, and he was like, "Tell." He just was like, "I just spent two hundred dollars on." supplements here i was like you can't buy your supplements at air one they mark it up like by how much 40 percent. 40 percent. i'm like go on thrive market i'm like i have a code <laughs> just like gave a stranger our <laughs> code that's how much i care and want to help people. and that code is thrivemarket.com slash retrograde so easy if you use that it's actually a referral link mm -hmm. use that link it's 25 percent off your first order and the first month free that's huge so um our recommendation stock up on all the necessities mm -hmm. everything from like paper towel to snacks to whatever supplements are in your soul and uh go to town and talk about the shui of it all having these new little tupperwares that i ordered last time has just been like such a great way like i don't leave the things i buy in their packaging i put them in the tupperware so it just looks like all good <sighs> I know. So exciting. I know. All of it. Okay, we've got a really exciting interview. We have Max Lugavier here. Someone who is a multi-hyphenate under his own description. We love a multi-hyphenate. We really do. He is the author of the book Genius Foods, Become Smarter, Happier, and More Productive While Protecting Your Brain Life. Your Brain for Life. Become Smarter, Happier, and More Productive While Protecting Your Brain for Life. I mean, I love I'm it. Sold. Guys, it's Max Lugavier. Lugavier, hey. welcome. Thanks for having me. Yes. Well, thank you, just you for coming. We immediately have launched into just a last name basis. Yeah. I like it. I like it. Now that I Lugavere. Lugavere. <laughs> now that I figured out how to say it. Yeah, I don't think any don't Max is unclear. You guys did a good job. I've heard every possible permutation, you know, any possible way of butchering my last name, I've heard it. Um, but the reality is you just it's pronounced as you would pronounce it in English. Right, which e -R -E is so is not the case usually with names. Right. Lugavier. Because it looks European, I guess. It does. Way um, to disappoint, Max. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, sorry about that. I'm no, no. As, I'm as yeah, homegrown as they come. We're so excited to have you here. Tell us a little bit about the other things that you do besides authoring this incredible book. 
Well, I launched a podcast recently, so mm-hmm. I can be as cool as you guys. Amazing. It's called The Welcome. Genius Life. Mm-hmm. It's uh, a top health podcast on iTunes. I talk about things like circadian biology, genetics. Um, Ooh, circadian biology. Yeah. Interested in that. It's fascinating stuff. Following your sleep patterns. Sleep patterns. Yeah, we're rhythmic beings. Yes. Yeah. I mean, a, a very significant portion of our genes are regulated by the time of day that it is mm-hmm. and our genes you know don't really have access to our you know smartphones with the time on it so we basically give our genes the inputs as to what time of day it is we inform our genes by way of the light that comes in through our eyes mm-hmm. and the, and when we're eating so um it's really interesting stuff i uh, i interviewed dr sachin panda who's at the salk institute for biological studies and he's one of the leading uh researchers in the areas of circadian biology and genetics and it's really cool one of his like seminal studies that he published he found that mice that were uh able to mice that were only allowed to eat within a 12-hour window were ended up becoming leaner and healthier than mice that ate the same number of calories but were allowed to eat around the clock which is very interesting. Whoa, yeah. Yeah, that turns like the whole calories in, calories out model. Intermittent fasting. That's basically what it is, yeah. For mice. Well, yeah, <laughs> essentially. We call it intermittent fasting today, but essentially it's time-restricted eating. It's like restricting your feeding window, essentially, to a set amount of time uh, during the day. And that's pretty crazy because we usually say, like, you know, if you're eating more calories than you're burning, you're going to gain weight. If you're eating less than the number of calories that you're burning, you're going to lose weight. But these mice were eating the same amount of calories, and yet their health profiles and their weight uh, was different, basically, when they were when they had that constrained window. Does he talk about how that applies to humans and when, when our optimal windows are? Or yeah. they're figuring that out? Yeah, well, they're figuring it out, but essentially, like, you have to come from the starting place of knowing that humans were what are called diurnal creatures, right? So we're meant to eat during the day, and we sleep at night. We're not like mice. Mice are nocturnal, so mice are up and eating at night, typically. Um, Yes, I can validate that. You can? They did did that um, in my kitchen for three months, and it drove me nearly mad. So... (laughs) Yes, That's nighttime eaters. And then she murdered all of them. <laughs> no way. True. Yes. I mean, you don't want my... Not wellness. Not wellness. Um, so, yeah. So, humans, you know, we're meant to eat during the day, but we don't necessarily... Uh, you know, breakfast is a modern construct. So, I don't think that we're designed, and he would agree with me, to eat first thing in the morning. In our bodies, we have a hormonal sort of environment when we first wake up that actually wants to burn fat. Mm. That is working to sort of liberate stored fuels, fats, amino acids, sugar that we store in our livers um, so that we will have the energy really to get up, get out of bed, seize the day. And so you don't really want to eat during that during that time frame. Interesting. Filed under breakfast curiosity. Mm-hmm. We're, we're, we're always constantly on a quest. Like what is breakfast? Yeah. Do we even need it? Do so we even like to her? This study, I don't know her. I don't know her either. Today I had um, roasted broccoli and purple sweet potatoes. Interesting. Sounds really good. I don't even know. That's purple. a real post-Whole30 moment. It's a real leftovers from last night moment. <laughs> um, what's your stance on breakfast since you're the genius food of it all? Yeah, I mean, I, I like to eat. Uh, I like to push my first meal to an hour or two or three after I wake up. You want that sort of cortisol spike. So that hormone, that the primary hormone that we're talking about when we first are getting out of bed is cortisol. It's elevated usually. Um you know, for the first 45 minutes after arising. 
But the other thing is that I have the luxury and, you know, I'm sure, you know, many people in this in Los Angeles have the luxury of being able to wake up occasionally without an alarm clock. Hey. Right? Watch it. No, this got- morning I legitimately that- woke up at 1045 and called her and was like, I messed up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I guess I needed it. The problem is most people today are waking up due to alarm clocks, yeah. right? And they're waking up usually before their melatonin, which is the sleep hormone, has come down. So actually they're waking up and they're beginning their mornings with without that cortisol spike and with elevated melatonin, which actually reduces uh, insulin sensitivity. So actually eating within that window as soon as you wake up is probably the worst thing that you could do. Interesting. Yeah. What effect does that have? Just... Well, I mean, it's going to make your body less uh, efficient at disposing of the carbs that you're consuming. So, I mean, you know, insulin sensitivity is basically the hallmark of metabolic health. And the inverse of that, insulin resistance, is the hallmark of type 2 diabetes, which is basically what so many people today are are saddled with. It essentially destroys your body. Uh, It's not a good thing. You don't want type 2 diabetes. So, um, but, you know, assuming you wake up naturally or maybe you're using one of those... um, wonderful apps that wakes you up when you're sort of in a lighter phase of sleep like sleep cycle which is, I, I use that app when i need to uh, wake up at a certain time if you're waking cycle i yeah. tried it it was too many bells and whistles i got confused really yeah it was a I, busy app for me i couldn't yeah. get into it i have i have no affiliation with the app but i do think it works in terms of making sure that it's not waking you up during like your deep REM right. sleep. It's actually brilliant how it works. So when you're in REM sleep, which is the deepest phase of sleep, your body below the neck is paralyzed. So you're not going to be able to move if you're in REM sleep. So it basically listens during the half an hour window that you set. Like, I want to wake up sometime between 6 a.m. and 6.30 a.m. It basically listens for movement during that window and it wakes you up. That's when the alarm will go off. What? Yeah. It's really cool. So it wakes you up basically when you're in a lighter phase of sleep. I've definitely had that thing where the alarm goes off and I do feel like the my body is dead weight. Yes. And I'm like fucked. Yeah, it's the worst and it lasts all day. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're tired for the entire day. So to prevent that, you yeah. want to use an app like Sleep Cycle to wake up. Wow. Not sponsored. I love that. Yeah. Open to it. Open to it. Yeah. Um okay, so let's say you've done the optimal 2 to 3 hour wait period after you've woken up, then What's the best type of fuel to ingest? I mean, honestly, what you said that you had today sounded pretty damn good. I mean, broccoli is a cruciferous vegetable, really high in compounds that stoke your body's own detox pathways. So, I mean, like right there, you're, you know, you don't need to spend a ridiculous amount of money on detox tea. You're consuming cruciferous vegetables, which basically have a really strong effect on the body in terms of its own detox um, regulation and then wait sorry yeah. question, question regarding a new trend yes broccoli coffee thoughts <laughs> i've feelings? never heard of that we what? recently reported on it <laughs> i was hitting over here i was on a hard pass on the broccoli coffee it was essentially like um a cafe in australia used broccoli powder with no fillers or anything just to like i think it was like a trend wow. to to incorporate green vegetables into our daily consumption i'm like, just like why don't you just have a coffee like, and eat some broccoli exactly? <laughs> like, yeah, right. why do we need to put it all in have one cup have your breakfast broccoli and have coffee on the side right yeah Duh. chew let yeah. coffee be coffee yeah oh my god although i do my breakfast thing now is putting peptides in my coffee like collagen mm-hmm. yeah i think that's uh, a good thing yeah yeah i'm a fan of collagen are you yeah because we i just get conflicting reports that 
I, I enjoy it. I like it, but um, it helps the coffee. Like it, you don't get jitters with the coffee and all of that. But um, I find that, or I've read that your body doesn't absorb it or one's body doesn't absorb it. Yeah. It's not absorbed as collagen. So you eat collagen, it gets broken down into its constituent amino acids, which are proline, hydroxyproline, and glycine. Collagen is basically a repeating loop of those three amino acids. It gets broken down into those amino acids, but glycine and the others, but glycine in particular, they're used for your body's own synthesis of collagen. So your body's like this amazing manufacturing plant. It breaks down, you know, proteins into amino acids and then it reassembles them. Um, sometimes, I mean, it could, it could turn amino acids into sugar, gluconeogenesis. So I mean, it's like your body's amazing at doing all these different uh, things. But at the end of the day, um, our bodies need about 15 grams of glycine, which is that amino acid in collagen, every single day. And we only produce naturally about three grams of it. And, you know, somebody on a, on a you know, moderate protein diet is going to consume about three additional grams of glycine because today we're eating mostly like muscle meat. You know, like when you eat a burger or steak, that's like the muscle of the animal. Mm -hmm. um, and those parts of the animal are not high in, or in collagen, essentially. The organs are. Yeah, the organs are, the connective tissue is, skin is. So like when you eat like a chicken drumstick with the skin on it, you're getting so collagen. Good. Yeah. Um, it's the only part of the chicken that I really like is the skin. I know that's fucking gross. No, it's tasty. But it's like the crispy yeah. rosemary thyme <laughs> of it all. Yeah. The expert says so. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> is that it's, in the book? It's in the book, yeah. Eat things that are tasty yeah, yeah. AF, chapter four. Yes, <laughs> things that are tasty AF. No, I mean, there's a, you know, if it tastes good, I mean, there's a reason like our, our bodies and our taste buds and our sensory preferences are designed to, um, you know, make us repeatedly do things that evolution has deemed good for us, right? So that's why skin is one of the reasons why skin is so delicious. Hello. Yeah. Because it's good for us um, on an in individual level. I mean, you can look at things like sex. Sex feels really good. It's good for the species, you know. It's not good if you're like not wanting to procreate. But, right. Um, but we've found a way to like get around that. Right. Um, my question is next question. You talk a lot about food science and how food can affect your mood yeah so genius foods basically and my work really uh centers around informing people about how their choices affect their brain health and their brain function and i became obsessed with this topic because seven years ago my mom developed uh dementia and she has it it's terrible um it's probably the most heartbreaking thing i've ever had to um accept and see uh, in my life. And my mom, um, I feel in many ways was victimized by nutritional misinformation mm -hmm. by, you know, coming out from the food industry, coming out from the government, coming out from doctors themselves, you know, and just really kind of like, uh, you know, just she's gone through the ringer. And mm -hmm. my goal really as a health and science journalist has been to really put information out there that is free of bias with sort of a no BS approach. That's really going to help people avoid conditions like dementia, Alzheimer's disease, which is the most common variant of it, which research shows actually begins in the brain decades before the first symptoms. So when we talk about Alzheimer's disease, which, you know, I think many of us, me included, thought of, think of as uh, like old people's conditions, yeah. you know, a natural part of aging, something that we're just destined to get if it's in our genes or just, you know, when we reach a certain age, these actually 
oftentimes begin in the brain decades before the first symptom. And that's not that shouldn't really be that shocking because the same could be said for any of the chronic diseases today that are burdening modern society. I mean, you look at type 2 diabetes, type 2 diabetes, your doctor will basically diagnose you once your fasting blood sugar or your uh, A1C, which is a measure of your three-month average blood sugar, has gotten to a certain level, but you might have had chronically elevated levels of insulin for years before that. And chronically elevated insulin is not good. I mean, it's one of the reasons, it's actually uh, thought to be a causative player in Alzheimer's disease, actually. And it also wreaks havoc on every other organ in your body. Um, so, so I really became interested in like learning and, um, sharing what the best human diet is to help our brains, uh, not only survive the modern world, but thrive. And when I say thrive, I mean, you know, having a brain that works as sharply and has the sort of cognitive resilience that, um, you ought to have, you know, as the heir to the universe's most advanced supercomputer, right? Um, I, <laughs> I mean, like that's true. That. Yeah. yeah, you you are. Like, we each are. And unfortunately today, one in seven younger people complain of memory problems, brain fog, and stuff like that. So, and then also we can look to mood states like depression, anxiety. One in six adults is on or has taken some kind of psychiatric drug. Depression is obviously, you know, in the news all the time these days. You know, it's like sort of like this silent epidemic, and it's mm-hmm. terrible. Um, and you know, I think like a certain amount of mood variation is, is totally normal, but, uh, at the end of the day, um, inflammation now and, and the same kind, the same sort of physiological, uh, mechanics that are driving these sorts of chronic diseases are now being linked to mood states like depression. Um, and so insofar as food can reduce inflammation in the body and give your brain the sort of, uh, a sort of sword and shield against inflammation, um, it makes sense that food would be a powerful treatment against um, things like depression. And the research backs that up. So uh, I just want to backtrack for a second. Yeah. Going back to the the stuff with like uh, early indicators of diseases like dementia or diabetes, yeah. you're suggesting that if monitored or caught early on, we could like stave those off or reverse them using food yeah totally i mean some people have what's called subjective cognitive impairment which is like when you have a memory complaint you go to your doctor and you say my memory's not working as well as it you know should be um there's something called mild cognitive impairment which is sort of like a pre-dementia um and those are both uh thought to be reversible states um you could have cognitive impairment from a medical problem as this is why it's really important to go see a doctor if you have if you've noticed a change in your cognition um, but once you've actually progressed to Alzheimer's disease, uh, there's no evidence that anybody has ever recovered from Alzheimer's disease. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not thought of as being a reversible condition, but there is some evidence that certain dietary interventions like, uh, a ketogenic diet, for example, can potentially slow and improve cognitive function in patients with, um, Alzheimer's disease. Interesting. Wow. Yeah. So... The key there really is to stop it or uh, intervene before it becomes Alzheimer's disease. So like omega-3s. Yeah, omega-3s are really good for the brain. I feel like they're like the hot kid on the block for the yeah. brain. Yeah. Well, the brain is basically made of uh, omega-3s and omega-6s. Okay. Um, but we tend to consume way too many omega-6s today. Um, even our favorite healthy supermarket that uh, you know I'm sure you guys eat at, I shop at, 
um, many of their prepared foods are fried or, or roasted in uh, oils that are very high in omega-6 fatty acids. So today we're consuming omega-6s an order of magnitude uh, more frequently than omega-3s. And that's that bad. bad? That's bad. Okay, explain. Yeah, yeah. so omega-3s and omega-6s, um, they basically provide the precursors to our body's inflammation pathways. Yeah, oh, and no. so when we consume more omega-6s than omega-3s, it's thought to sort of tip the scale in the direction of being in a pro-inflammatory state. Whoa. Yeah. So what's what's an omega-6 oil? An omega-6 oil would be like canola oil, corn oil, soybean right. oil, grapeseed oil. Those are all the bad ones. Yeah, those are the bad ones. Those are omega-6s. So, yeah. Air, yeah. we can say it, everyone's cooking their stuff in that? All like grapeseed oil. Yeah, for the most part, a lot of their uh, prepared hot foods yeah. are cooked in grapeseed oil. Well, why? Yeah. Well, because it's... High flashpoint? It's dirt cheap. Right. Yeah. High smoke point, um, dirt cheap, and tasteless. So they can use it in a salad. They can, you know, use it to fry their buffalo cauliflower. No! Not the buffalo cauliflower. That's our friend. (laughs) That stuff is so good. It's It's such crack. I can't (laughs) even deal with it. It's very tasty. But like, so we're we're talking about the importance of that ratio, right? So grapeseed oil has an omega-6 to omega-3 ratio of 700 to 1. So, Mm. I mean, if we're talking about like correcting that balance in our diets, consuming grapeseed oil is not the way to do it. So if we're roasting veggies, let's say, on an evening to have for breakfast the next morning, what's the oil we want to use? Avocado oil? You can use avocado oil. I like extra virgin olive oil. Yes. I throw down for olive oil. Yeah, it's so good. It's the best. And actually, like, I think there's a lot of misconception about um, extra virgin olive oil and the notion that people think you can't cook with it. You can absolutely cook people with it. People tell me that, like, yeah. I, people have come over to my house, I've cooked for them, they're like, you know you shouldn't cook with olive oil. I'm like, um, I think my grandparents who lived to be in their hundreds would yeah. say differently. So what do we need to look for with the olive oil? Like, I think that the sourcing of it all is a huge component. Yeah. I'm a little bit skeptical of uh, Italian-labeled extra virgin olive oils because of that, you know, export counterfeit um, mm. Interesting controversy. Honestly, I think you should buy it at, like, a market. I've been really into buying right. it. No, I'm not really saying buying it, but just, like, in t- like for instance, I feel like you do such a good job of, like, let's call it myth-busting or, like, truth telling on your instagram i did a deep dive um what like have you done an olive oil thing if not suggestion box would like to see it yeah i um basically when i'm buying extra virgin olive oil what i look for well off the bat extra virgin so regular olive oils have been processed in a very similar way to canola oil uh they've been basically refined Mm -hmm. um that doesn't necessarily make them uh as bad but you want to go for extra virgin olive oil because of all of the oils on the market, extra virgin olive oil contains the highest uh, concentration of polyphenols. And in particular, one called oleocanthal, which has been shown to be as anti-inflammatory as low-dose ibuprofen. So we're talking about the link between inflammation and depression, right? Whoa. Extra virgin olive oil is actually pretty profoundly anti-inflammatory as far as like foods go. Shots of olive oil, guys. Yeah. Let's start doing it. You could taste it on the back of your throat. If you put like good extra virgin olive oil like on your tongue and you kind of let it hit the back of your throat, you'll notice that it becomes so, it's so spicy that you might be inclined to cough. And that's actually how they uh, basically measure the quality of extra virgin olive oil they, they uh reference it in terms of like the number of coughs <laughs> they hire a bunch of guys in yeah. their factory yeah. who all I cough yeah but like three cough oil that's a good oil whoa yeah 
That's cool. I didn't know that. Pretty cray. Yeah. Can we ask you some more food questions? Let's do it. Okay. Throw them at me. Coffee. Coffee, I would say all signs are pointing um, in a positive direction. Yes, finally, yeah. I knew the world would Amen. come around to right. coffee. <laughs> but it's still, it's important to remember that these are usually like observational studies that show a benefit from the consumption of coffee. Um, but observational studies, basically, uh, what they do is they highlight like averages, right? Right. But not everybody's going to react the same way. And so... And gender isn't going to react the same way. Yeah, so. genders, different genes, things mm-hmm. like that. So, I mean, you still want to be cognizant of the fact that coffee contains uh, caffeine, which is still a stimulant to the central nervous system, and it can raise cortisol. And so if you're chronically stressed out, if you're drinking too much of it, um, I don't think it's a good thing. I actually practice uh, every year, um, a couple times a year actually, a uh, one-week co- uh, caffeine fast where I switch all of my coffee to decaf. And um, I drink that to sort of wean myself off of caffeine for a week to resensitize myself mm-hmm. to it. And then I go back to regular coffee. Love a natural rhythm. Yeah, yeah. It's the best. It's the best. But yeah. it takes a minute to get there. Yeah. You're going to you're gonna want to kill somebody for the first two days. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you very quickly, actually surprisingly quickly, get over that hump. And you start to feel like you don't need any caffeine at all. It's a, it's a But then cool after feeling. a week, you're like, just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah. But the, I mean... Caffeine is a drug. Yeah. It's right. a psychoactive substance. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's like important to kind of just remember that. Moderation. Yeah. That like coffee is the world's most popular psychoactive drug. So exciting. Yeah. I love and it. It's readily available. But what about like other, is there other stimulants like, like a maca or something? Like what, how, for someone who like can't drink coffee or something, but they want to increase their energy or their yeah. cognition. Um, um, what's, what's on the table? That's a good question. I mean, Green tea for somebody who can still have like a little bit of caffeine, I would yeah. say is green tea is pretty powerful. Um, but in terms of like a pick me up, like yeah. do you fuck with supplements like maca or or powders like that? Yeah, not really. No, okay, not really. Cool. Yeah. Next food, salmon. Salmon, good stuff. Yeah. What other fishes? Um, I like. I mean, I've sort of. Uh, you know, f- I forced myself to try sardines, which I had a lot of resistance to, and now I love them. They're very good for you. Mm. Um, they're a, a low mercury fatty fish. Usually they're wild. They're also very sustainably caught usually. And um, yeah, full of those omega-3s that just provide essentially your brain the raw building blocks to create healthy new brain cells. Mm. Yeah. Importante. Yeah. But what about salmon? I always get confused. Farm raised. Like I see that at Trader Joe's will be like color added. And I'm like, yeah. like Ew, what's Remember the when deal? I bought the the locks from Trader Joe's? It literally tasted like plastic. Oh my God. It was so bad. There is a good that one there <laughs> that is Whole30 friendly that I do get that I that I like, but there is color added. Oh, really? Color added yeah. for what? Because we need to eat pink things? Yeah. That's I don't know. fucking weird. Well, here's Talk the thing. Here's the thing. I, um, you know, I like to inject sometimes into like the nutrition conversation a little bit of like real world practicality and empathy for people that, um, you know, are living off of uh, not a lot of money, you know, right. and, have, and have expenses. So, you know, wild salmon is, of course, going to be the best uh, bet for you. Okay. But it's also more expensive. And for families that are serving like, you know, wheat based spaghetti with margarine and cheese and like really low quality stuff for dinner for them to make the switch to farm raised salmon. I mean, that's going to be a big improvement. Right. You know, so I don't want anybody to feel like, uh, 
shame about um you know using farmer's salmon every once in a while and come on like i've been to a restaurant and i've had grilled salmon and i'm sure that a couple times a year i'm eating farmer's salmon so it's important to like not lie about this stuff and also to not feel shame or guilt about it when you do eat these things i mean it's you know we live in a food supply that has been irrevocably changed and um you know, that color added to farm-raised salmon, I mean, it sounds really weird, right? But actually, the color that they add to farm-raised salmon comes from something called astaxanthin, which is... Way, oh, we know about that. Yeah. It's it's way more concentrated in wild salmon. Um, and they add a synthetic, uh, or it's not a synthetic, it's a plant-based for, uh, form of it after the fact to farm-raised salmon. You know, so it's not like a red 40 dye right. or something like that. You know, I mean, it still comes from this, this compound that's actually quite good for you. They should specify that. Yeah. Yeah. So that you're not freaked out. Pro tip. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you can afford wild salmon, please so get wild salmon. So it's wild salmon because they're feeding off of the natural yeah. they're, ocean. They're eating what they naturally want to eat, mm-hmm. which is like krill, algae, stuff like that. And so they're accumulating this uh, carotenoid, which is astaxanthin. And astaxanthin, aside from the DHA fat, astaxanthin is very good for you. I actually supplement with astaxanthin. I get it from Hawaii, this manufacturer. Oh, yeah. We know them. Yeah. We know them. Oh, you do? Yeah. What's the Hawaiian name of spirulina, it? that company. Yeah. Yeah. They're they make great. good stuff. They make yeah. Good stuff. I was taking that for a while and really? then I just yeah. like stopped. Yeah. I got to reload. But and I was like on my supplement docket and then just, I just stopped. What's ran out. But what's it doing? It accumulates in. <laughs> I think that's why I stopped because I was like, I'm not really clear on why I'm even taking this. It's really good for your skin. Okay, need that. Yes, it's good for your skin, protecting against like photo aging from the sun. Mm-hmm. Um, good for your eyes, good for your brain. It actually has been found, astaxanthin has been found to stoke uh, longevity pathways in the body, like genetic gene, you know, pathways associated with pretty significantly uh, increased odds of living to 100 by like 90%. Um, so it's like oh, a longevity. What? Yeah. There's like a, a protein in the body called FOXO3. Okay. And people that have a certain gene variant where their FOXO3 is more active um, have double the odds of living to 100. And people what? that have two copies that produce a lot more of this FOXO3 um, have triple the odds. And so this is just like a protein, essentially. Wild. And astaxanthin basically can increase that by 90% they've found. Damn. So yeah, so it's got it's got the power to, um, I think, improve lifespan in a pretty cool way. You just have to, you know, include it in your diet, and it comes from wild salmon. So this could be one of the uh, sort of mechanisms explaining why wild salmon seems to be so beneficial. Mm. You know, from a just population level standpoint, people that consume more of it tend to be healthier. You know probably because of the omega-3s it's probably also has something to do with the astaxanthin that it contains one more question about the fish before we move on i buy canned wild salmon yeah and a friend of mine was like i can't believe you eat canned fish a lot of people are calling you out what's the deal (laughs) i think because they're like holding me to like a higher standard and then i'm doing things that they're viewing that they have information on that maybe is contrary to what i've heard what else did i say about olive oil People, people, uh, not loving that you're cooking with olive oil. You know, I have the energy where people just want to like, yeah, make an example out of <laughs> yeah. that. Um, but uh, is that a thing where there's formaldehyde in canned fish? That's what she told me. I don't know about the formaldehyde. I think um, sometimes they put these plastics 
uh, in the can to like line the cans with. And I don't think that those are very good for you. Okay. But that's not necessarily every company. Right. Not necessarily every company. Um, when it comes to canned fish, yeah, I recently discovered a company um, called Safe Catch, and they... Oh, yeah, I get their tuna. Yeah, I get Thrive Market, yeah. yeah. Awesome. They test every fish for mercury content. Wow. Yeah, every single fish. That's huge. Um, Love that. Little yeah. Thrive throw in there. Little Thrive throw in. Love hey. that. That's where I order my canned salmon from. Um, Question... Regarding? Regarding your perspective on soy i'm not a fan unless it's fermented oh that's what i wrote what about fermented yeah i'm not a i generally soy has these isoflavones that seem to mimic like in a, in a mildly but like estrogen mm-hmm. um in the body and so yeah i it also like doesn't really make my stomach feel very good agree yeah so when it's- you're with the blood type diet, they would say that's because you're not an Asian person. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Because like th- that diet, hmm. which I I don't know, maybe have you ever read about it or like? There's no. I mean, I've like heard a little bit about it. There's no like actual scientific evidence on it, but from a like logical evolutionary standpoint, I mean, it is a little bit interesting to me. It kind of makes sense that like w- through your bloodline, no one yeah. ever like developed whatever you needed to digest that. So it wouldn't work for yeah. you. Although I do eat avocados and coconut and that's not really? supposed to happen for me. Love both of those things. Yeah. So that brings us to like a plant-based diet in general. I'm not pro plant-based diets. I'm pro plant focused diets but yeah omnivore life yeah omnivore life okay what are your thoughts on whole 30 i don't know all that much about whole 30 well they make you cut out sugar and both of us got our minds blown by how addicted to it we were so let's talk about sugar well that's a good thing yeah um i think the thing about a lot of these diets is that they you know there are some things that they all have in common so any diet you pick is generally i mean there's no diet out there that's like eat more processed foods mm-hmm. right yeah usually they all cut out those kinds of things mm-hmm. and so first couple of weeks on any of these diets i think people are generally going to feel good sure yeah i would like to go into sugar a little bit yeah why is it so bad for us well, because at any given moment, you've got about a teaspoon's worth of sugar in circulation, like the entirety of your blood volume, you've got one teaspoon of sugar. You mean that's how how it processes? Or it's just like your fasting it's normal existing. blood sugar. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so the minute you eat like a you know blueberry muffin or a glass of orange juice or whatever it is, you're basically funneling six, seven, eight teaspoons of sh- of sugar into that system, mm. and your body likes what's called homeostasis, like the same way that it works really hard to keep your temperature at hovering at around ninety eight point six. It also likes your blood sugar to be at that you know level of like one teaspoon roughly, mm. and so the minute you eat starchy foods added sugars things like that your pancreas has to play cleanup by releasing a hormone called insulin into the bloodstream and insulin is the body's chief anabolic fat storage hormone Um, it's one of the most conserved hormones in the animal kingdom because for the vast majority of our evolution it was actually a life-saving hormone it helped us pack away fat so that we could survive you know future famine Mm -hmm. the winter for example um Today, unfortunately, insulin is working overtime to clean up what I call like the garbage out of our systems because we're just <laughs> eating carbs chronically throughout the day. Three hundred grams per day, on average, is what your you know your typical American is consuming, and so it keeps levels of insulin chronically elevated. 
And that's uh, problematic for a number of reasons. For one, sugar is inherently toxic. Like sugar is one of those things, sort of like oxygen. We need oxygen to breathe and to live, right? But oxygen oxidizes, it ages us. Like when you slice an apple and you leave it out uh, on the counter, it turns brown. Mm-hmm. Um, glucose is one of those things where we, where we have a minimal requirement for it. But uh, having too much in our bloodstreams is not good because it actually accelerates aging. It damages anything that it that it gets stuck to. Um, and so that's why insulin basically is there to come to the rescue. But the pancreas doesn't operate like a, uh, an instrument of precision. It's more like a blunt tool. So it, it usually tends to over respond to the amount of sugar um, that's in circulation. This is why insulin is just chronically elevated for most people. And then subjectively what you're gonna feel is that because insulin tells the cells of your liver, muscle, and fat to basically suck the sugar out of your blood, it usually sends your blood sugar to the floor, causing what's like what most people refer to as hanger. You get hungry. Mm-hmm. Um, hypoglycemic. Yeah, you become hypoglycemic. And then that forces you essentially, well, first of all, you think for a second that you actually need, it makes you think that you need carbs. Or food at all. Yeah, or food at all. It drives hunger. Yeah. It's really good at driving hunger. Yeah. Um, and it keeps you on that roller coaster where we're continuing to reach for carbs and starchy foods and things like that. Insulin chronically elevated. And whenever insulin is elevated, it's like a one-way valve on your fat cells. Right. So it sort of becomes like the Roach Motel. Calories can flow in, but they can't come out. So if you are experiencing hanger, yeah. what would you recommend eating in order to balance that out? Well, I recommend that everybody... Uh, wean themselves off of carbs as an energy source and really try to um, adapt to a lower carbohydrate diet. Right. I mean, you're still going to get carbs in the form of, you know, fibers, vegetables, and things like that. But it's those dramatic elevations of blood sugar throughout the day that I think are what is problematic and what drives that sort of hunger roller coaster for most people. That's what I was telling her. Like, my biggest takeaway from Whole30 was I thought that I was hypoglycemic and I thought that I was a moody person. Yeah. And then as soon as like so much more joyful. Right? <laughs> mm-hmm. Like it's just like don't experience like the dip at all. Well, you That's are amazing. also ca- packing like six things of stevia in your purse. Oh my god, I was like a hardcore like old lady of stevia <laughs> addict. She'd come to my house and she'd be like, "Do you have stevia?" Like it was so weird. Wherever I would go wow. if I needed one packet, I would take five and just put them in my purse. Wow. Like addict mentality, also end of the world. I guess I thought I'd be eating stevia. Do you like stevia, or I guess you like it? You obviously like it a lot. (laughs) Well, I have like always had a very intense sweet tooth. Like I love treats, so I feel like that was my way of having that without doing something that I deemed as bad. Yeah, but I don't really now. I can just have like a little bit of a dark chocolate, and I'm fine. That's good. If there was like a sweetener. Like a monk fruit? Where where should we turn with that? I like I like monk fruit. Um, I also like uh, there's like one sugar alcohol that I'm okay with, and it's erythritol, um, okay. sort of like xylitol. It's like a dropper kind of thing. It's usually powdered. Oh, um, yeah. It's a. Uh, I mean, it could be it could be liquid. Um, you know, they put it in a number of packaged products and usually i mean i think it's good to wean yourself off of that craving for sweet foods yeah. but if you do want to treat um monk fruit i think is okay stevia is okay and erythritol many sugar alcohols can cause like an upset stomach um and they're not all calorie free despite what uh, manufacturers will say but erythritol has very few calories um virtually zero and it um 
it doesn't get fermented by the bacteria that live in your large intestine, so it's not going to create an upset stomach the way mm. like consuming too much sorbitol or maltitol might, for example. I want you to talk about myth bust agave for us. Yeah. So agave... I feel like that's a big one. It's a big one. It's a big one. Along with like grapeseed oil and extra virgin olive oil that you can't cook with it, agave is another one of those huge myths that just yeah. continues to be perpetuated. Yeah, agave is a... Uh, triumph of marketing over science. It's mm. really, it's mostly fructose. Um, it's highly processed and the body has a very limited capacity to deal with fructose. Um, it's actually, I mean, it helps promote fatty liver. Um, yeah, nobody wants that. Nobody wants that. But also, I mean, the small intestine, you only have a, uh, an ability to properly metabolize about 25 grams of fructose. Okay. Because fructose normally, the, where fructose would appear in the, in the fruit supply naturally is in whole fruit, right? And even then in fruit, it's usually a blend of fructose and uh, glucose. But agave, which is pure fructose, I mean... From a cactus? Yeah, the... Where does it come from? Yeah, I think it's a cactus. Very a, unclear. Yeah. And how does that differ from tequila? <laughs> tequila it's fermented okay yeah that oh is tequila probiotic <laughs> it's no it's oh. what's the stance on alcohol i drink i'll drink like some organic red wine now okay. and then biodynamic um, i mean i you know i'm not uh i tend to reach for pinot noir because it's got the, the pinot it's noir gentle gr- yeah well because <laughs> i saw sideways no <laughs> um the pinot noir grape has the thinnest skin Mm. And so it generates the most resveratrol. So, you know, resveratrol is this antioxidant that's been studied at Harvard uh, for its ability to promote lifespan in simpler organisms. Um, you're getting trace amounts of it regardless, no matter what uh, grape you, ch- you choose. But there's a little bit more of it in Pinot Noir, so I tend to reach for that. Um, but yeah, I mean, my thing with wine is I try not to drink. You know, if I if I'm not... I'm just very deliberate about my alcohol consumption. I used to feel like um, if I was out at a social event or at dinner, I would just sort of automatically, you know, when they would come and ask what I wanted to drink, I would automatically get a glass of wine because that's what you did, right? But I think it's good to be able to be more judicious with your alcohol consumption. Max, such a wealth of information. A lot of big syllable words. I know. (laughs) I'm really into it. You're too smart for us. Tell our listeners where they can find you. Oh, my God, you guys. Such a pleasure. Um... So definitely pick up Genius Foods, which is available everywhere books are sold. You can go to GeniusFoodsBook.com to download a free sample chapter. Um, And then my new podcast uh, is called The Genius Life. So come over, check it out wherever you listen to podcasts, and um, say hi. And your Instagram? Instagram, at Max Lugavere. Very active on the Insta. Yeah, I actually really enjoy it. It's a good follow. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. That's a high compliment from Elizabeth. Thanks for that <laughs> endorsement. She hates social media. Yeah, I do. <laughs> um, thank you so much. This was a joy. This is a joy for me and an honor. Thank you, guys. Yes, that's a retrograde. So I feel like this is an announcement-heavy episode. Yeah. Very excited. Mm-hmm. We mentioned there might be a different way to get in touch with us at the top of the show. Oh, my God. Did someone say hotline bling? Oh because we've got a new hotline to call and ask questions or just say what's up. You can leave us voicemails at one eight three three five falcon That's one eight three three five three two five two six six. Save it in your phone. Oh my god! Shout us a holler. I like. I'm dead for this. This is a dream come true. This is a dream. So, 
You can send Ask Falcon questions. You can send, we'll have an upcoming Feng Shui episode. We've already gotten so many questions about that. Feel free to just drop us a line. How to Lady Baby questions. How to Lady Baby questions. Just let us know what you think of the episode. Mm-hmm. We're so excited that this new line of communication has just been revealed into the That's a Retrograde universe. And um, thanks to Dear Media. This we, is what happens when you're with a fancy production company, guys. We really look forward to hearing things from you. Things go down. This right. is fantastic. Another. Fantastics? It's fantastic. I'm doing great so today. I'm so hopped up on the D. Not the kind of D that <laughs> you want. Not the good kind. <laughs> Fuck. Um, also, <laughs> another fun development on the website. What's retrograde.com. We've got a link to our new Amazon storefront. Oh. Which will soon have a comprehensive list of most of the books we've ever mentioned on That's So Retrograde. Incredible. And product picks and that you can't find anywhere else. Our product picks from the years we've been doing the show all in one place that are available on Amazon. And, you know, your ice roller is just one click away, friends. one click away. And you know what? It supports the show. Anything you, you end up buying from there. So we hate, we don't hate that either. We don't. Uh, Rose, what you got? Thorn, Rose, life. Oh, my yes, rose no, is so. the, my rose was your rose, but also another rose. Okay. My rose was that we got to be on Tall's podcast um, Tal Rabinowitz, you guys, we interviewed her a couple months ago. Episodes called Den Mother. And one of she's our the founder of the Den Meditation. And we were on her podcast recently. And my rose is podcasters supporting other podcasters. Ooh. So check that out. I will say I do love that episode very much. You want to know why? Because we sound smart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, sound, we sound, yeah, we sound like we know what we're talking about. And uh, that's just a nice thing. Yeah. And then you were recently on another show, yeah. which I wanted to talk about. Oh, well, let's do that. Yeah. I was on the Balanced Blonde podcast, Jordan Younger's show. Mm-hmm. She invited me on to talk about all the ups and downs that happened over the year of terrible skin oh. that um, we uh, have documented here on the show. I heard a clip. You sounded amazing. Oh, thank you. You're welcome. And it was really interesting to be able to like kind of tell that tale mm-hmm. um, and also provide some tips and tricks and hopefully moral support. I love for that. people who have, it's such a common thing. It's I such know. a common thing. And the thing about it is it's like, you know, I've said this before, it's like your skin it's minuscule, but it's so important at the same time. Mm-hmm. Like you can be a fully functioning, healthy, healthy person and then have your skin not. I know I'm having it right now. It's really not that bad. But I hate when people say that because it's like something you notice. And it's obviously, you know, if you follow the face mapping of it all, there's obviously an indication that something else is going on. So it's just a constant cycle. As yeah. I, as I call it, like the mental gymnastics of it can yeah. be really um tough to deal with. So hopefully in that episode, we are able to soften some of that. And I want to find a question that we got as a mini lady baby. Um, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But basically, uh, unfortunately, this listener has been struggling a bit. She says, I've been doing the ice trick and double cleansing. But my question is, do you moisturize or when you said you were dry and your skin eventually adjusted to the salicylic and benzoyl peroxide. Was that with also using an oil-free moisturizer or nothing? Okay, so for me, I was really letting my skin dry out to slough off to just get rid of that layer of skin that was kind of holding everything in. But um, so I would say if you can let it dry out for a little bit, do so. Let that run its course. Mm -hmm. And then finding a really moisturizing SPF. So that does double duty. I really like the Kula 
white tea sport 50 and their sunscreen smells so good it smells so good and it's so light and it, it i feel like i don't need a moisturizer but one thing now that things have sort of equalized a little bit i've been playing around with using some type of serum oil or moisturizer underneath the uh spf before i put my makeup on mm-hmm. so i really like bio essences rose oil it's really nice. It's a little pricey, but a little goes a long way, and it's great. And it's like at Sephora and all that, so you can get points, which I love. Um, and then I've also been using a vitamin A serum mm-hmm. that I actually I bought from um, Corrective Skincare. I told Jen I wanted something a little bit more moisturizing before I did this SPF and the makeup and all that. But I my thing would be if you were going to moisturize, moisturize at night first and really use... Um, I always think of the night as like a more healing time. And if you're a little dry for a little while, let that be. Something that has been helping because I was getting this like what I thought was hormonal, but Erica said it's not. I think it's from doing hot yoga and sweating and not washing my face right after. Oh, yeah. That's huge. And I just like it just dawned on me where I was like, I'm walking around with fucking bacteria on my face. So I've been bringing witch hazel waves, which I know that you're not the biggest fan of, but I never had pimples when I was using witch hazel for like years so i've just been bringing witch hazel wipes with me wiping my face after and then putting on the banish vitamin c cream and honestly in like the last week it has gotten better i will say to that after working out or after doing infrared i just use the hand soap that's in the shower whatever you just have to get the bacteria off your face it's a huge huge thing i actually in looking back at the timeline of everything i think that that was one of the culprits of triggering things yeah it's a big deal. I like it just, you know what? This is kind of weird, but I realized it because I had that ingrown hair on my uh, lady Vagina. parts. Yeah, my lady parts. And I realized that I probably got that from the same thing. And then in like really, of course, on my face, I'm like, I'll figure it out. But if it's on my vagina, I'm like, I have to figure it out right, right? now. <laughs> like I was freaking out. And I realized that I wasn't Your taking- vagina. The other face, the other, the more important face <laughs> of my brand, um, but I, that I wasn't taking off my sweaty clothes right away either, yeah. and like that is so weirdly gross. But also, like if you drive home and you dry, you make dinner. You know, it might be like an hour, but that's one hour too fucking long. So true. Yeah. So there's that. Um, my thorn is yes. shitty. I hate Ooh. it. I hate it so much. Is it um, children being separated from their families at the border? It's in line with that, actually. Um, So as you guys know, my dad uh, is politically on the wrong side of history. (laughs) (laughs) Across the board. Just in general. And but I've really been working on um, trying to practice what I preach in terms of understanding and not making judgments and generalizations about his mindset or people that are in that mindset and trying to see their point of view and not engaging with him in a um, confrontational way, but in more of a conversational way. That's kind of been my like mantra around being someone who wants to have a relationship. You know, I see people on Twitter being like anyone that's in your family or in your circle, that's like on this side, like it's no more dialogue. It's like cut them out, you know, and I just don't feel like that's possible for me. Like I'm, I'm a cancer moon. Like I value family. Like I can't just like write people off like that. But, um, he's been very active on Facebook, which I recently just tapped back into. I was like not on Facebook. And then I'm trying to like 
I don't know, mitigate it a little bit and actively do things correctly. And he's been, and I can't believe I'm going to say this, but he's been posting a lot of articles and then hashtagging libtards. Okay. Yeah. And, or we'll be like, the libtards are at it again. And then post like some fucking like Obama video. And I'm just like, having like going into like anaphylactic shock like every time that I see it I'm like what is happening like I can't mute friend I can't I know (laughs) and so I wasn't I was kind of just like dealing with and then my mom called me because obviously they're they don't get along and she's like one of her friends saw it and called her and was like appalled that she was ever even like married to him and then my mom like I'm so hungover on Saturday my mom like calls me to launch into like this whole all your mom does is watch cnn and talk about it i know like it's her it's her her entire life i know but i was like i'm not really ready to have this yet but then i don't know in like reading what's going on at the border and then seeing that i'm just like i can no longer like idly allow him to do this without him knowing that it's like affecting us like my brother's been calling me he's been really upset about it it's just like so what do you do so i texted him and i was like hey um, I'm not, I'm not trying to be comfort. And like, I know texting is not the best mode of communication, but like, we don't talk that often. We like talked for like 40 minutes the other day. We talked basically like once a month. I feel like in this situation, it's almost better to text, even though, you know, I'm a huge no, and me because too. You, it would have been like too infuriating. Right. So I just like, Hey, I just want you to know that like, I'm saying this from a totally like calm, compassionate place where I want to understand your perspective and I want to understand like what you see and why you have your beliefs. But I just have to say that hashtagging libtard is really offensive and I don't think it does much for your case. And like you have liberal children, you have a gay child, like what, like, don't you see the repercussions of this action? And he just wrote back, okay, snowflake. What's the snowflake connotation? That's like, like snowflake is like what Tommy Laren calls liberal people. Oh. Obsessed with her, by the way. That's how he responded to me. And then I was like, okay, is that really like the way that you want to respond to your daughter who's telling you that you're hurting her feelings? Like if if that's, right. if I have to like appeal to your most empathetic side, if you even have one, you fucking narcissist is not what I said, but that's what I was like, thinking. Oh. And he never, he's like, I'm, I can't do this. I'm in a meeting. I'm like, okay. So then my brother's like, well, now I'm going to say something. And then he texts him something similar. And my dad's like, I already addressed this with your sister. It's like, you didn't address it. You put her down and then shut her down. Mm-hmm. And I was so upset last night that I like erased my father's day post. That was like honest Graham. Like, I just was like, it's embarrassing. And I don't like, obviously I tried to come at it from a very like sensitive, sensible perspective and he just wasn't I feel like so many people open to it to this I know but it's like uh, doesn't make it any better but at least there's like you know some type of like solace and numbers of that like no one wants to have differing opinions this intense with their family members I just think it's not fair to not even be open to the conversation like you're allowed to have whatever fucking beliefs you want and I'm allowed to think that they're fucking stupid but a I'm gonna have enough respect for you to not tell you that I think you're stupid and hear you out and maybe I will have my mind changed a little bit but when I see what's going on in the world and see that you doing that I'm just like what you're a monster like yeah it's kind of like a non-negotiable, like, I think in this 
argument with the with what's happening at the borders right now. It's like a very clear. I mean, I can't stop watching the videos and the news. Like, I don't ever do that. But like, it's just nuts. It, it's like, what's going on? And you're. I can't even talk about it. Yeah, it's just like a major thorn. Like, and then my brother's like, "You're using the word retard. Like, what's wrong with you?" And like, my dad's like, "Libtard is a made-up word to describe like you know." He just has like his perspective is so solidified. He's also posting political views on Facebook. No, I know, and it's like who fucking cares? (laughs) And I know that no one thinks that like I have those views, and I know that no one thinks that Stephen has those views. But at the same time, it's like I'm having an increasingly more difficult time separating in my mind how I can relate to him like as my father and how I can relate to him just as a person who does those things right Ugh, that's really tough it's fucking irritating is what it is because I like talk to him and he's normal and then I see that and I'm like what who's driving this fucking shit yeah I mean at least there's people that are his peers on Facebook that are fighting him on it Good thing people are fighting on Facebook over political I mean, things. I know. So, yeah, I know that was Thorn. like long winded, but it's just like really unfortunate. I'm so sorry. And I mean, I couldn't Come have more. The cut house. I couldn't have more like opposed parental opinions. Yeah. Like the liberal Jew, like out there with her rainbow flag and every fucking flag at the front of the <laughs> protest. <laughs> and then the guy, you know, calling her a retard, throwing eggs at her. All right. So there's that. Well, what's your thorn? that that that. it's dark man yeah i'm sorry i'm like can't you just like teach me how to cook and like be cool and help me buy fucking train tickets what are you doing he was we were on the phone talking about trains from dc to new york okay i was like train tickets it's 47 dollars by the way yeah we are cool all right well what a great show thank you so much to max for joining us all lots of information oh You know what? Maybe my dad's cognition is off. Maybe his brain. It sounds like he's got inflammation. I think he actually does. Actually. Fuck. True. What if we found out that every Trump supporter had like a growing brain tumor (laughs) and then we could forgive all of them? Maybe. That'd be best case scenario. (laughs) (laughs) Hilarious. All right. This is That's a Retrograde. Do us a favor. Leave us a review. It means a lot to our souls. Please do it. Um, I'm Elizabeth Cott. I'm Stephanie Falcon. Changing my last name from Sambari since I'm disowning my father. <laughs> and also, uh, happy belated Father's Day to my dad. Cause Oh, well, rub it in. He's a good guy. <laughs> yes. Love you, dad. <laughs> Love you, Brian Cott. My mom actually told me, I'm so happy you have Brian Cott as your dad. Oh. I know. I love that. He's <laughs> the best. All right. You guys are the best. Thanks for listening. This episode of That's a Retrograde is brought to you in part by Thrive Market. If you were inspired by all the things we talked about on this show and just really want to have a healthy pantry and a healthy home, Thrive Market is your place. Thrive Market offers a wide variety of your favorite organic foods at a highly discounted price. We love that. And for 25% off your first order and a free month, head over to thrivemarket.com slash retrograde. Get on board. Yes, that's a retrograde.